welcome back to another edition of the On the Board Sports Podcast. I am your host, Will True GAK. We'll see coming to you from Long Island, New York. And I am joined by a very, very special guest. Joining us from the Crowd Cover app is the one, the only Max Goodman. Max, how are you? I'm good, Will. Thanks for having me on, my man. Thanks for coming on. Really appreciate you sacrificing some time with us talking sports and talking about yourself here. And let's talk about you here. How did you start up crowd cover? Well, I guess to start a sports betting app, you have to be a avid sports gambler to begin with. Uh, always loved it uh, from an early age, which I don't know if that's the best thing to say, but really enjoyed it. And then, you know, just kind of let my entrepreneurial mind kind of kick in and say, all right, I feel like there's uh, something missing and our experience is better. And then it gets really cool because then you get to build really a platform for yourself. So it's been awesome. Where Tell us about your beginnings, like where you came from, like where did you play sports when you were younger? Like how did the, the passion of sports gambling come for you? Because there are always the athletes that used to play in high school. They make a bet and they get hooked on it. And they think they know, but, you know, things happen along the way. Uh, how, did, how did you, you know, where where did you come from? You know what I mean? Like where? Yeah, where yeah, no, of course, of course. Well, you know, I started uh, putting lines out in the second grade on uh, recess in football. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, you know what? My dad always enjoyed gambling. Um, you know, I think the big thing was he was always responsible about it and just really saw it as, you know, an entertainment add-on and not, you know, like, hey, I'm really trying to make a living off this so it doesn't get you into trouble. Um, growing up, I played baseball. Uh, I played college baseball at Tulane. Um, so, you know, really wrote that throughout. And then, uh, you know, just always stayed in sports. You know, it is my absolute passion. And, um, you know, I love being at stadiums, um, you know, that always gives me chills and uh, being in those kind of environments. And that's really, once again, it goes back to the basis of crowd cover, which I'm sure we'll get to. And that's really bringing people together for that uh, social experience. So I got to ask you, you played college baseball. I always wanted to know this because I, I played CYO. I played up to like ninth grade. And then after that, you know, the mind just basically took over at that point and wanted to do something else completely different. The speed of the game, is the speed of the game really different once you jump from high school over to college? Uh, you know, now it's crazy because now you have high schoolers throwing over 90 like it's nothing. Um, right. I mean, when I was in college, I want to say my two-lane team, you know, which was a very good team, uh, we had about – eight to 10 kids throwing 90, um, you know, which was very good for a D1 team. But now, I mean, they're throwing so hard and they've really perfected the mechanics over the last like five to 10 years. It's been crazy. But yeah, I would say there was a jump, you know, from high school to college, you know, playing travel ball during the summer, you, you know, you're facing kids that are committed, you know, to D1. But, you know, once you get into college, um, you know, you're a freshman and now you're facing, you know, guys who have four years of experience. So not only is it, you know, the speed, which ends up being the least, you know, kind of, I guess, concern for you as a hitter, but now kids are throwing off speeds, you know, for strikes early in the count. 
So, you know, I'm not a big guy, you know, I'm expecting it a fastball early in the count. And then all of a sudden you're getting first pitch changeups and curveballs. And that really is, you know, where you have to kind of grow as a hitter and say, all right, now I'm just not looking for fastball. And if it's a good pitch to hit, you know, off speed, you know, I'm going to be ready to hit it. What position did you play over at Tulane? I was a lefty. So I was an outfielder. Um, you know, none of the audience can tell, but my stature is not very big. So first base was not going to work out. Um, you know, I didn't really have a good enough arm to be a pitcher. I would be more like a Jamie Moyer, like circa age 45 for that kind of speed. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I could run a little bit. So outfield was the spot for me. Cool, cool. Did you play with any future major leaguers that made it to the show? I did. I did. Um, so I started my career at Miami-Dade Community College, which is one of the best community colleges, junior colleges in the country. And uh, crazy enough, all three of my roommates, so we all shared an apartment together, all three uh, made it to the majors. Uh, one was a first rounder, the other two drafted in the top 10 rounds as pitchers. And a uh, quick funny story, when I first got there, like in the fall, uh, they were sophomores, I was freshman. And there was like maybe five scouts in our apartment. And I was like hiding in my room because, you know, they're talking to the three of them. And I come out and they're like, well, who the heck is this guy? And they're like, oh, that's Max. He's out. But they're like, oh, yeah, that's a little lefty. Come on in. But, you know, it just goes to show you, uh, I think on that day team, we had about uh, seven or eight guys drafted. Uh, when I went to Tulane, um, we had over the years, probably another 10 guys drafted. And I think there is actually still uh, quite a few Tulane guys playing in the majors from that team. Uh, actually, funny enough, on the Reds, uh, two guys in the bullpen, one played at Dade with me, one played at Tulane. So I'll text the two of them in a group chat and be like, do you guys just talk about me in the bullpen? Or, you know, do you focus on the game at all? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's cool that you have teammates that made it to the show and you know, that shows commitment right there on their end to, to make it. So that's awesome to hear that you played with some guys that made it to the majors. Uh, let's talk about, you know, who was the toughest pitcher you had to go up against in, in Tulane? Uh, the toughest pitcher. Um, actually, I can say it was a major leaguer. Um, so I had a very good high school team. Um, you know, we would be about 20 and four, 20 and five every year. And all it was it all three years. <laughs> I know two out of the three years, this guy beat us early in the playoffs, even though we were the favorite. And that guy was Luke Jackson. Uh, Luke Jackson. I know he's pitched for I want to say the Rangers, the Braves, a couple other teams. But, you know, as a sophomore, he was throwing, you know, low 90s um, by the time he got to you know, junior, senior year, he was throwing mid to upper, you know, I, I want to say he was a sandwich pick in the first round, but yeah, I mean, he beat us a couple years, one, nothing, two to one. I think we finally got him like two to one, one year on like an unearned run, but yeah, I would say he was probably throughout high school and college, um, the toughest pitcher. Um, there was a couple lefties who I faced and being a lefty, they were very tough on me. They were drafted, but I don't think they ever made the majors. Mm, I got you. I got you. 
Let's go on from your college career to what you're doing right now with crowd cover. Let's talk about crowd cover here for a second. What does crowd cover entail to? I know that we've discussed this in talking about gambling mm -hmm. and how you want to bring a community of people together, but tell us about crowd cover. So crowd cover is Twitch for sports betting. So it is a live streaming room or, you know, for your podcast, it'd be an interactive podcast in which you have a host leading the room and then, you know, just a bunch of people um, watching the game together, essentially, uh, you know, sports betting, just like sports, super social activity. And all of us love being able to bet the game with our friends, you know, whether it's at the bar or just, you know, inviting people over, but you know, we're not able to, you know, be with our friends every night. Right. And, um, you know, there's a real void, I think, in the market right now for that experience, because, you know, I'm an online better, you know, I, I get to, yeah, I'll FaceTime with a buddy, you know, we're in a group chat together with others. But to really have that, like, camaraderie that you can get at a bar, I feel like is very much missing. So, I mean, thus the term crowd cover. Uh, you know, we're just bringing everyone together to have that fun experience, you know, for whatever game they're watching and betting on. Yeah, I mean, crazy week four betting happened in football. A lot of couple of upsets happened over that, that course of time and seeing some of the, you know, camaraderie with the fans uh, over that course of time really can help out your brand uh, in that sense. So that's really awesome to hear that. Uh, let's talk about football right now. Speaking of football. Uh, you know, Jets, I was at the Jet game yesterday. What a disaster that was with the referees. If you were watching that at home, yeah. Uh, you know, they, they made it a game the Jets did and they found a way to come back after being down 17, nothing, you know, what were your takeaways on last night's Jets chief chiefs game on Sunday night football? The first time that the Jets were on Sunday night football in 12 years, what were your takeaways on that? You know, it's been a little difficult to be a Jets fan, you know, even more so this year than, you know, your entire life. <laughs> you know, I hate to say it that way, but I mean, come on. This was probably the most hyped up Jets year. I don't know. I mean, recent memory. Since, yeah, yeah. Since like after Mark Sanchez, like took you guys to the AFC title, maybe the next year you had hype, you know, mm -hmm. but you had a great quarterback coming in. And ultimate highs, and that lasted what three plays, and I mean four, four plays, excuse me. Okay. So, but to see the stadium, you know, and you, I mean, it was unbelievable to watch on TV because I mean the crowd was great noise to start the game, and then it was like a pin drop for really two quarters. Then you guys started to get back into it, got a couple turnovers from Josh Allen. And, you know, I was texting my buddies that night. And I'm like, I don't remember hearing, you know, I say that they say the Chiefs and the Seahawks had the loudest stadiums. I don't remember hearing a stadium like that, an NFL stadium like that uh, towards the end, especially when the punt return happened. I mean, that place was like up for grabs. And that was almost like, I don't even know, God giving the Jets like, hey, we, the season is pretty messed up right now, but at least you got the bills this night. Uh, you know, last night proved that you got, your defense is good enough to compete with anyone. Um, what you guys are going to do at quarterback, I don't know, because I don't think it really matters. I think your offensive line is just not good enough, regard, you know, regardless of who's behind center. Yeah, I definitely 
definitely see that all the time with the offensive line. It's not really gelled that much. And you got guys coming back from injury. doesn't really help out. And that, you know, I want to get back to the baseball portion of, of, of this because you just basically brought up something here that really you touch on it. You talk about chemistry and you talk about timing in that sense. I know we talked about the speed of the game, but I look at the, I look at a baseball player that goes in to play and basically saying to myself, okay, you know, yeah, he gets back in, but there's gotta be like some sort of rhythm here. Is there a rhythm to an athlete in order to get back into the swing of things? Oh, absolutely. And I think the perfect example of that is you don't realize when there's a pinch hitter coming into a game, um, they're under the stadium in the indoor batting cages, you know, two innings before just getting in the swing of things, getting their timing down, you know, they're not going cold, you know, just out of nowhere. Right. So um, it usually does, you know, take a couple of bats. And I think you see that with a lot of guys, let's just say when the season starts, you know, in April, um, especially with cold weather, they're getting into the swing of things. And then once like the summer hits, they really start to warm up because, you know, now you're playing five, six times a week, you're getting, you know, 50 at bats a week. And now, you know, you're starting to get fluid with everything. And with baseball, it's very, very easy to lose your mechanics. And that's the biggest thing I've seen it, you know, throughout my seasons where I've started off very hot. And then, you know, regardless of what kind of physical shape you're in, even though that's incredibly important, you do just lose your mechanics. And then the worst thing you can do is lose your strike zone. And that's really when guys get into trouble. If you lose your strike zone, you got no chance, whether your mechanics are good or not. But if you can stay in your strike zone, you can battle and work through funks. One more question on on your playing days, okay? Yeah. When you're facing a pitcher, okay, when you're facing a pitcher, what was the hardest? The the hard facing a pitcher that was a hard throwing pitcher, like an Aroldis Chapman, Randy right. Johnson type, or going up against the guy that was very crafty, like a Greg Maddox with the movement of pitches and or Mike Mussina type of of pitcher. They're absolutely crafty, not even close. I think every hitter prays for a flat fastball, whether that's, you know, 90 or 100 miles an hour. Uh, anything that's flat, you know, your eyes really open up and see the ball well. Um, with someone who's crafty, I mean, the toughest pitch for me to hit was a changeup. It looked like a fastball, and then it just never got to you, you know, and it dropped. And that that killed me, uh, that pitch. But, yeah, anyone who's crafty that can throw their off speed for strikes – those are the most dangerous types of pitchers. And um, it's interesting because they're slowly going away in the majors, which, you know, it. there's a couple guys I follow who are only throwing 90-92, and they still get guys out because they mix it up well and do all that good stuff. I mean, you don't have to throw 98 to, you know, succeed, that's for sure. Yeah, especially with the pitch that looks like it's 92, but it's really 98 with the movement coming out. Right, right. It on TV, yeah. Got it, yeah. Yeah, so, all right, a couple more questions here for you, Max. I know you're a busy man. Thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate oh, Thank you for having me. Thank some time. Um, you know, I mentioned the Jets earlier. Uh, let's let's get back to football and, and just in general. 
Did you have a favorite team growing up? Did you have a favorite football team growing up for yourself? Oh, absolutely. So I'm a Miami guy, you know, um, all Miami sports. Okay. And, you know, especially being down here, we I am a season ticket Canes holder, University of Miami. Okay. And listen, I enjoy the NFL. I love watching the Dolphins, especially this year. But college football, in my opinion, I know, you know, most of your audience is probably Northeast and doesn't agree with this. It's way better than NFL. It, you know, in my opinion, it's not even close. Um, the traditions, the atmosphere, all the above. Um, it, it's really a wonderful environment to be in. Um, I think we're really up there. You got BC and Syracuse, so you're not really working with too much. But um, it's, you know, especially this year for Miami football, it's been very nice, which kind of like the Jets. It's been about 20 years. Even listen, even the Dolphins, man. Uh, we have our last playoff win. 99, right? Or yeah, it was like 2000, 2001 with Lamar Smith. So, I mean, that's a throwback name for anyone. But I, I almost think like the Colts were still in the East when we uh, beat them in the playoffs. So I think, I, I, not not to cut you off, I, I apologize for that, but I think Jay Fiedler was your quarterback the last absolutely time. Absolutely was. Yeah. Dartmouth guy. Yeah, former former New York Jet as well for a year. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, no. Throw that out there. Yeah, listen, and – you know, speaking about the offensive line before, you know, Tua got crunched his first couple years, brought it, you know, Mike McDaniels, you know, everyone down here thinks the world of him. And I think he's a genius play caller and uh, has really taken, I mean, just spreading the ball around, obviously, you know, getting Hill down here, uh, down here two years ago was massive as well. So, I mean, I think the Dolphins are set up to be in a good position. Um whether we can play defense as the Bills showed us this past weekend, that's a whole nother story. But I mean, I really think we'll be able to hang with anyone. So, yeah. Hey, speaking of Miami sports, I think it's the first time that I can remember where all Miami based teams, pro teams mm -hmm. were going out and they were either making the finals or making the playoffs. You got hundred percent. The Marlins right now, they're on the vert. They're, they're going to play. We're, we're in the wild card, yeah. We made. They're going to play postseason baseball, right? You got that. I mean, the last time they were in the playoffs was 2020. The year prior to that was 2003 when they beat the Yankees. Correct. Correct. Right? You got the Dolphins. They made it to the playoffs last year. They lost to the Bills. You got the Miami Heat. They made it all the way to the NBA Finals, losing to the Denver Nuggets. And yeah. then you got the Florida Panthers of all the teams. Yes. And Matthew Kachuk. <laughs> they they've been. They've been doing their thing in Sunrise. Yeah, it's um, and even how has that been for the city? Well, even to add on to that point, uh, the Canes basketball men and women, funny enough, and the woman made the lead eight, the men final four, and then Boca, which is you know only an hour north of Miami, they went to the final four too, FAU, which was like you know that was totally Cinderella. So between all those and even Inter Miami getting messy, it you know what it was like. It was like 20, 30 years worth of buildup, and South Florida is like, all right, we're going to have finally our year. So, I mean, it, it's been a long, long time coming. The Heat, you know, you expect it year by year because I think that's the best run organization in the NBA, not even close. Okay. But the Dolphins are finally changing their organization. The Marlins really have an unbelievable GM. Uh, the woman, uh, Kim, who they got from Kimmy. the Yankees, 
yeah, Jeter brought her in, and that was the best thing he's done. She's been unbelievable in the trades she's made. And then, of course, you know, with the Canes and football, that's been so far so good. So, yeah, absolutely has been. No doubt. It's been a great time to be a Miami sports fan in general. Max, two more questions, and then that's it. I know that you're a busy man. First oh, of all, let's get, let's get back into week four. Were you surprised by any any victories by any certain teams out there? Yeah, I was because I lost in betting. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, in a shocking twist. Uh, you know what? I, I actually had a decent week betting, but the one team that has continued to surprise me, shame on me, was the Bengals. Um, you know, the Titans haven't even looked good this year, but to lose 27-3 like that, um, I mean, the Bengals are in trouble. Uh, I, you know, I think the wild card really is still going to go through. You got Miami and Buffalo. Let's say Buffalo wins division. You know, Miami's probably going to get that one wild card spot. Um, I'm trying to think out west. The Chargers are probably going to take another one if I had to say right now. I still think they have a really potent offense. But yeah, I mean, the Bengals, you know, to really get crunched like that, they got. They got issues they're going to have to work through. Yeah, I see something with Joe Burrow right now. I mean, when he was playing in week one against Cleveland at Cleveland, the weather was off. The throwing mechanics were a little bit off. Like He was, he might not He might not be 100% healthy. Yeah, he might not be healthy. Right, right, right. 100% agree with that. And then, you know, you see what's going on with, with them, with their receivers, their defenses, you know, to an extent, okay, it's been a little crazy, and a lot of people picked them to go to the Super Bowl this year. So, myself included, I have I have <laughs> the Super Bowl. Uh, final question: We got to end here with baseball. It's almost a full circle type of thing, but it's October. It's playoffs right now. Love it. You mentioned the aforementioned. You mentioned the Marlins earlier. You got the Brewers playing. You got the Diamondbacks playing. You got all you know t- these twelve teams playing in this. Mm-hmm. Right? Do you like? the postseason format and who do you see I, we know about the favorites with the Braves mm-hmm. and the Astros are all this stuff but do you see like a surprise team coming in and I would like to hear your 2023 World Series uh take on on this let's do it so at first you know I'm a traditionalist in baseball like I didn't even want the NL to do the DH and I'm still yeah. 50 50 on that one because there is arguments each way um you know especially with the extra innings they do it like we used to do in travel ball hey put a guy on second kind of thing and it does make it more exciting i'm not gonna lie and it does save pitching which uh is also important and with the expanding um playoffs i've actually been behind it because it really has made you know, listen, the Marlins, if they didn't have this going on right now, they're five games back at the Phillies, boom, end of the season, you know, the last couple of weeks, you know, really aren't as important. I think it's been great for baseball to have these extra teams. You know, if you finish above 500, you know, I, I do think you should be rewarded. Um, I think the format where we play three games at Philly, I think that's very fair as well. Um, you know, we shouldn't get a home game until, you know, the division series when it expands to five. So, yeah, I think in that respect, baseball has made it, you know, um, definitely more exciting. Even the pitch clock, like at first I was like, okay, but watching the game and as a baseball player, it does get a little dry and boring. So to have that where it's 
now faster pace. As a player, I might not have liked it, but as a fan, I love it. I mean, it really keeps things going. Um, in regards to my predictions, um, I'm actually going to go – at first, you know, I was going to go Tampa Bay, but, you know, the Devil Rays have lost a couple good guys recently um, for a couple of reasons. Right. So now um, I would say out of the AL, um, as you said, it's funny, you know, Houston, you know, what are they, the third or fourth best record, and they're still considered the favorite because until you beat them, I know the Orioles just lost their closer. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I mean, I'm just trying to think. I really don't want to go Houston, but it's hard to go against them. So we'll go Houston. And then, you know, you have your two favorites with the Braves and Dodgers. Um, as it pains me to say this, I do think the Phillies are going to make a nice run again. Um, they do have the lineup. They're starting to get hot at the right times. I mean, they if you look at their stats, no one really had a great year for Philadelphia, and they still ended up winning 90 games. So I think that makes them super dangerous in the playoffs. Yeah. So, all right. So we got Houston, and we might have a little little repeat of twenty twenty two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm, you know, I'm wrong about Houston, though. That I will say. I think, as a Yankee fan, I will agree with you on that. Hopefully, we we are a little bit wrong on on Houston. But again, Houston's been a great. They've been a great story after what happened in twenty seventeen and twenty nineteen. I mean, with all the cheating allegations that were out there and what they had to do. You know, they found a way to keep most of their core together. Yeah. And they Under, underrated organization. Absolutely. Like everyone, everyone hates on them, but the way they've run their uh, organization and they've had a couple guys come up through the farm system, that's, they've taken it up a notch, you know, yeah. oh, really, yeah. really succeeded in that respect. Oh yeah. You look at Jeremy Pena winning the World Series MVP last year and, and having uh, Jordan Alvarez back from all the way back from 2019. Right. Right. You know, and they've been, they've they were been, one of the, right. And they were one of the first ones who really, you know, pirated the, okay, we're going to tank and then we're going to build up um, because, you know, I want to say it was early 2010s when Houston was, I guess they were still in the NL at that point, but, you know, they were, you know, really a bottom dweller and then, mm -hmm. Boom, started to build it up, you know, through drafting Bergman and, as you said, signing Alvarez and, you know, all these guys. It's all been through a lot through within the same system. Yeah. So, Got to give them credit, although how much in regards to cheating, that's a whole other story. But I will say um, most teams probably do cheat in some capacity. So I agree with that. I agree with that. And then it would be, na it would be naive to think, you know, not so. Yeah, everybody. To think everybody's innocent, no, there, there is some Correct. some little cheating going on. You you know, as a former pro athlete, with seeing teams that probably steal signs and stuff, you've probably seen that. So, oh you know. yeah. yeah, and then to, in the college game, yeah, oh yeah, and then to see it too, like to get back to what you were talking about with the Astros, how they were on the cover of 2014 uh, Sports Illustrated, saying how they were going to win the 2017 World Series, and boom, they did it. And then you look at other teams too along the way with the Cubs going yeah. in, being bad. They broke their 108 year curse. The Royals, yeah. they hadn't won a World Series since 1985. They went into 2015 right. through bad through bad years in the early 2000s. And then they get their they get their you know roster right in that sense. So that and the Giants too with their three. I can go on and on and on. 
the point is, is that you build your teams through the draft, not through free agency. Yankee fans have to realize that and understand that that free agency is not the way to go. I'm not a big Brian Cashman fan. I think when you have the biggest payroll year after year and right. the results that he's putting out, you know, eventually he's going to have to go. Um, yeah. With that being said, I am a fan. You know, I think people outside of the Northeast, you either like the Red Sox better or the Yankees better, I think, because, you know, they're both kind of, um, you know, uh, villains to everyone else. I do like the Yankees over the Red Sox. I think baseball is better when the Yankees are in the playoffs. And that maybe kind of goes to me being a Hurricanes fan. You know, people say Miami is the evil empire. So same concept, Miami football is better when Miami is better. Um, and some of my favorite postseason moments ever are Yankees moments. Listen, recently, I don't know if you were at the game, uh, when the Yankees beat the Twins, I want to say in the wild card game. And I don't know if you remember, like, D.D. Gregorius hitting the three-run home run in the first. But, I mean, the place was going nuts. I mean, I wish it was old Yankee Stadium. Of course. But, yeah, I mean, and my – taking you way back because you know i can tell you know everything about sports uh my favorite postseason series ever was the 95 division series between mariners. The mariners and i mean the amount of home runs hit so if anyone goes back and look at youtube at those old videos i mean it's that series was a 10 out of 10 yeah. mariners won but that that was as good as baseball you can get yeah, and not only that, a couple of things. Number one, I was at that wild card game in 2017. Yeah, I mean, the, when Didi hit that home run, I mean, the place was mayhem. Place was rocking without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, place yeah. was rocking. They went down three nothing. Yeah, yeah, and, and the first, and first right, thing. and then he came back in the first and did it, and they tied it, and yeah. everybody was going nuts because you know back before they had these new, you know, these new rules and new teams in. 2015 on they had the you know the wild card game you know it and yeah. from back home they, right. they they missed that probably yeah. that one game drama filled day and you're like oh my god here we go you know <laughs> we got to deal with stuff that happened with the astros back in 2015 and mm -hmm. then Gregorius came through he he got a pitch that he liked he saw it he drove it out to right field and you know the rest is history i was sitting up in the upper deck for that yeah yeah, that those kind of games I love. So mm -hmm. anytime a crowd is going rocking, that's my kind of game. Yep. And then the Seattle, the Seattle Yankee series, that saved Seattle in that. Because oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. That saved Seattle one hundred percent by by them by them going on because they were there were a lot of talks. I'm I'm thirty two, so I must have been five or six. But hearing about the yep. stories that happened at that time. You know, they they were thinking about moving out and they they got their new stadium up there. T Mobile Park is a beautiful place, what was known as Safeco. And they found a way, man. They found a way to keep baseball up in Seattle. And that place I haven't been. I've been on the outside of it. It looks like it's a beautiful place to go watch a, a baseball game, no doubt. Oh, for sure. For like, sure. No, that's serious. Yeah, that series was nuts. Yeah, definitely saved the Mariners for sure. Max, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. How do the people follow crowd? Uh, how do the people follow you, and how do the people follow what crowd what cover? Yeah. So right now, uh, you know, we're uh, not a public platform. We've been able to uh, just do private rooms, just making sure everyone fits and everyone works. 
if anyone out there listening wants to actually host rooms uh, because you're able to monetize it, we're not going to get into the details now, but it's a great platform in that respect. Uh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, just CrowdCover, and then uh, go to our website, crowdcover.app, where you can sign up for the wait list. Um, and if you say, you know, you come from your podcast, I'll manually put you guys through through the wait list. So don't even worry about that. And uh, yeah, no, I appreciate all that. And hopefully we'll be launched around April, May of this coming year for baseball season. Awesome stuff, Max. Thank you so much for coming on, sacrificing some time. Really oh, appreciate it. Anytime. Can't wait. Can't wait for this to come out. Of course. And uh, if everyone likes it, you know, let me know. I'll jump back on the show again for sure, man. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Max, thank you so much. All right. Take it easy, bud. See ya. You too.